friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and hey, I am your host on the Making Disciples podcast. Now, this episode today was not the planned episode. Uh, today's episode is really trying to just respond a little bit uh, to the situation that's been emerging around Mike Pulavachi and Soul Survivor. And why are you commenting on this, Chris? Well, I think there's a discipleship issue for us uh, here as believers of Jesus in how we respond to situations when influential leaders uh, essentially fail, morally fail, spiritually fail, in whatever shape or form it might find itself in. Uh, and how do we respond as disciples of Jesus when we see people that have influenced us and spoken into our lives, um, done something that really has then removed them from ministry? What do we do? So over the last number of months uh, in the UK, uh, for those that have been aware, there's been investigations going on with regard to Mike Pilavachi and Soul Survivor. And I have tried to um, not say anything or to not comment on it. We at Spring Harvest put out a, um, a statement right at the very beginning, back at Easter in 2023, uh, just trying to encourage anyone who had anything to say on it or experienced any of the uh, alleged abuse uh, that Mike had been um, giving, you know, go and talk to the appropriate people. So people have been doing that over the last few months. And uh, just in the last week, the Church of England have put out their final uh, findings on Mike. And I've tried not to say a great deal. I have, you know, as you see as the podcast goes on, I've had a couple of uh, people who've reached out to me, in the, uh, you know, for my opinion. I've said, no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to uh, pass any opinion on this until the Church of England have done what they need to do. Uh, to look at this and come to some conclusions and uh, the conclusion was that there was and has been abuse and there are those that have been abused and um, and Mike uh, sadly has been removed from ministry and I, and I don't particularly want to speak directly about Soul Survivor or Mike um, what I am wanting to talk about really is but you know what do we do as disciples when those that we look up look up to um, fail now what's my relationship with with soul survivor well i worked for soul survivor harrow for five years um spent time with mike uh would have one-on-one -on -one meetings with mike and i would say that i personally never really experienced uh, anything of what my friends and others uh, have experienced it wasn't something that, that I personally experienced I was one step removed from Soul Survivor in terms of we were a church plant from um, but kind of could see what they were saying in some ways uh, so I really wanted to not say anything because um, I didn't have anything to say but also uh, in wanting to support those that we know and love who have been a part of the Soul Survivor family um, and there's a couple of things that has emerged out of the last couple of months particularly because I have so many young people that I have discipled over the years that have been a part of the churches that we played a part of or part of things that I've been a part of around Soul Survivor that, um, that have started asking questions like, you know, what do I do now when this person that I've looked up to and uh, I've been blessed by them or I've, they've really spoken into my life 
you know, do I throw it all out the window? You know, is everything that they've said now uh, got to be gone? Has it got to be lost? Can we, you know, do we no longer read any of those books that that person wrote? So I kind of wanted to speak into that a little bit because I think there's something I'd like to say in there. And over the last number of years, I've experienced this personally as well when I've seen people that I've looked up to um, removed from ministry. So that there has been a whole bunch of folk, you know, Ravi Zachariah, uh, Jean Vanier. Um, you know, I'm not a massive fan of Mark Driscoll, uh, but actually there were some of the things that Mark had said and written. I was like, I, I like what you've said here. I like what you have to say here. Uh, but all of these individuals, including Mike, um, have uh, found their ministries to be challenged or to be removed from ministry or in their death things have come out that you've realized gosh it's not all as it was what do I therefore do how do I respond what do I do with my faith when it's been built on uh, people that have gone before me that we've seen uh, as wise and godly people what do we do then uh, so that's what I want to kind of speak into today rather than speaking directly uh, about the situation around Soul Survivor or, or some of these these other guys uh, that have really uh, undermined their ministry by the way that they have uh, acted. So that's what I want to speak into. How do we um, behave? What do we do when influential church leaders fail? Does that affect our faith? Should it affect our faith? How does it affect our faith? And what do we do to go forwards? Uh, when those things uh, happen because it it will keep happening you know it will happen again you know human beings fail so that's what I want to speak into and I want to speak really gently and compassionately and caringfully because two things really one um we don't always know who the victims are um some victims don't speak out uh, some victims listen and they're they're wanting to know what are others saying i can not feel confident in speaking we don't always know who the victims are uh, so we've got to be careful with that and secondly you know if if you are somebody who's been a victim of a leader church leader who has spiritually abused uh, i'd love to encourage you to talk to the appropriate people about that because it is not okay and too many of us have been hurt by uh leaders who leadership has gone to their head or they ha are using church leadership as a way of gaining power and influence manipulating um, using their power to influence how others respond or how others act so just want to say if that's been you please 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 talk to somebody about it um you need care you need some support and there are appropriate people for you to do that now i'd love to be able to say go and speak to your church leader i don't know if it is your church leader that is the one that's the problem but you certainly will have people around you that you can talk to so i want to encourage you to do that so we're going to jump in and just have this conversation really about what do we do when uh, influential church leaders fail what do we do how do we respond what is the godly way forward so let's jump in as we think about an issue that is a live issue. So let's have this conversation. And I think um, I've got some notes in front of me. I, this is more of me, um, this is me chatting rather than a really well thought through, planned through 
uh, podcast. This is me reflecting myself on some of this stuff. You know, when Jean Vanier um, was found to have abused uh, those that he served, for those of us that loved his ministry and looked to his ministry uh, as something that was really quite profound and amazing, uh, it leaves us going, what, what? What does that do? You know, what do I do? What do I do here? How do I respond to this? And really, um, there was an influential church leader from the UK that um, uh, had an affair and uh, with his um, administrator. And I remember chatting to my friend Rob and saying, look, what do we do? Because we just see this all the time where people that we trust uh, let the church down. And I remember having a chat with my friend Rob and saying, look, we want to run the race to get the prize. We want to be able to get to the end of this mission, living our life for Jesus and to not stumble, to not fall. Uh, so for us, accountability was really key. And we able to say to each other, you know, let's, let's be honest, you know, when we're struggling, let's be honest uh, if there are things that we we just need to bring to the light. Uh, so this is something I've struggled with. So I'm kind of talking in some ways from my experience of experiencing this with others that uh, that I have really uh, looked up to or at times uh, had speaking to my ministry. So uh, this is less me being pointed at a particular leader, but actually at leadership. When leadership fails, what do we do? So here's some thoughts I want to kind of Miranda through, really. And the first thing is this. Jesus had leaders around him who failed. And, uh, you know, notice the life of Peter uh, denying Jesus three times, you know, completely rejecting who Jesus was. You know, we've even got Judas, bless him, who handed Jesus in and then ends up hanging himself because he knows what he's done. Um. And you know, particularly the Jesus, uh, the Judas story, it really bugs me and bothers me that Judas didn't feel like he could um, resolve what he had done, uh, and ended up thinking his only way out was to commit suicide. And one of the things that really concerns me is when church leaders fail, making sure that actually everybody's got the support that they need, uh, because the church leader who's failed, who maybe had been a been abuser. Uh, when they come to realise what they have done, they themselves need ministering to, not abandoning. And I think one of the things that bothers me, the way the world works around this stuff is if a, a celebrity fails, they get morally torn apart. Well, they get torn apart in the paper and they uh, get um, annihilated, you know, their uh, character assassinated. Um, and when that happens in the church and 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 you know abuse happens and the leader has done wrong um the leader themselves they themselves are human beings and they need uh ministering to because they need to be able to repent and you know look at judas i'm like oh judas it just breaks my heart that judas's way out from his sin was to commit suicide and 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 i, I do want to say you know to every single one of us you know there is a likelihood that in our lives we will all do stupid things the way out is not the judas way out uh for me the way out is the peter way out uh sitting with jesus and having jesus uh, minister to us and 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 reform us resurrect us uh making jesus more present in our lives not less and i think i see this the, the story of judas and it just breaks my heart here's somebody who had failed they had fallen short 
uh, and then the only way they could see a way out was to commit suicide and that really bothers me and um, we need to be very careful we need to be very careful in not wanting to seek justice that we end up causing more harm so I think one of my observations is when somebody fails and they have abused say somebody else uh, the, the caring Jesus thing is to make sure that we are supporting the victims but uh, that we are also uh, you know yes seeking justice with the perpetrator uh, but in such a way that restoration now restoration does not mean going back to doing what they've done before but restoration um, because they themselves are a sinner that needs to be uh, saved so I think there's something in here around we need to learn a Jesus way of handling this stuff when church leaders fail so that church leader uh, can be ministered to as a sinner uh, needing God's grace love and healing because uh, they they have caused hurt but actually as they come to realize what they've done they're very likely wanting to repent and to be um, forgiven uh, and we have a real problem with that in culture we don't want to forgive people we want to assassinate their character and then we want to get them out of um, out of the limelight kind of thing um, so I think there are different ways of dealing we, you know Peter was restored uh, Judas couldn't see a way out and I, I don't want the Judas way out for any church leader and I'm treading carefully with that because there was uh, a situation uh, of late uh, where a colleague in the Anglican Church did commit suicide because of the way that uh, an investigation uh, occurs. So, you know, I'm very careful that we just want to make sure everyone gets the care and support, even the victims. Uh, and the, the danger is when you say that, it makes it sound like you're siding with uh, the perpetrator. It makes it sound like you're siding with the perpetrator rather than the victim. No, we need to be able to side with the victims powerfully, strongly, uh, 100%. Uh, but we also need to be Jesus-like and to be able to minister to those that are the perpetrators as well. Uh, you know, Jesus has folk around him. And, you know, look at the story of Saul, you know, stoning Christians. You know, here was somebody who was a real failure. Uh, he had uh, killed Christians, but yet in the restoration, the the scales fell off his eyes. You know, he ended up going for a long time uh, to um, to be rebuilt, uh, did Saul. There's many years where he disappeared. His ministry did not start straight away. And he ends up going home. Uh, to be ministered to and then eventually comes out of hiding and reappears as Paul and has this incredible ministry because he's understood God's grace um, so that's the model that I think we need to just be very careful that we're in uh, that we 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 don't let people get away with the stuff that they've done but we do need to be, be uh, believing grace and mercy as well as supporting the perpetrator so a few a few thoughts around my head just around how do we behave as christians um we need to be really careful that when some influential person uh fails that we don't actually end up enjoying somebody failing um what do i mean by that Th there is a way of behaving isn't there where we can revel in the fact that this person has fallen oh we just love it when we, we just love it when we see somebody fail oh yes i'm glad it happened to them they deserve it you know we've got to be careful. there's this weird thing sometimes when christians 
um, revel in the fall of another Christian because it makes them somehow feel better about themselves. It's that is just awful. I, you know, that's terrible. But that's that is what I've seen on on Twitter. Um, I don't use Twitter. I, I kind of float around there a little bit to find information now and again. But some of the stuff I've seen on there, people reveling in Mike's fall. And I think that we just have to call that. That is not acceptable. We must not revel in that, which also means we must not enjoy the gossiping about a situation like this. I remember when Mark Driscoll um, fell uh, kind of from grace from what happened in his church. And there was those people there who just loved to gossip about and they they hid it behind this spiritual oh you know we need to do we need to talk about this to root we need to root this stuff out in the church yes we do but you are definitely gossiping right now you're not rooting anything out you are reveling in what's going on uh, and and you are just reveling and gossiping and actually it says more about you than it does actually this ha- what's happening over here with uh, with Mark Driscoll and his church. So we have to be super, super, super careful that we, um, we're not enjoying and we're not gossiping. And the other thing I've just been aware of around the Mike situation is I, I was approached very early on by a number of people who wanted me to make a statement on what I thought was going on with Mike. And they DM'd me, what's what's your statement going to be, Chris? I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to respond. Um, I believe that the church needs to be able to uh, do what the church does without there being, in, in terms of researching, looking at these situations, without all of the background noise of Christians wittering on with their opinions. Um, my opinion does not count. And I have people around me that I need to support who, who um, firsthand are responding to this stuff. Uh, I'm not going to lend my voice to, to this. I need to be able to minister. Um, so we just need to be really careful. You know, watch your statement on. There's a danger sometimes as Christians. We want to s- get people to stick their own heads above the parapet. Where are you going to stand? Who are you going to side with? Are you going to side with this person or this person? I don't see that as a Jesus way of responding uh, to situations like this. Right, let's just keep going. So the question I have been asked multiple times by folk who went with me to Soul Survivor, uh, came to faith maybe under Mike's preaching, uh, responded to Mike. I remember Mike came and preached uh, for us at Spring Harvest a few years ago and it was just this amazing talk. And then people who heard him came to me and said, Chris, what do I do? Because I really responded to that. And I, I just feel like all of this is undermining what God was saying. And I, this is my thoughts. The validity uh, of what God has done is not determined by the one who's, who's the mouthpiece. So I just want to talk about communion. I'm an Anglican. So we break bread. We have communion together. And um, there is a thing called the 39 Articles of Religion. And Article 26 just has something really interesting to say about communion and priests who have failed. And I think this deeply applies to this situation about what do we do when church leaders fail. So this is what it says. Uh, This is Article 26. Regarding the unworthiness of ministers, which doesn't affect the impact of the sacraments 
uh, it says, even though in the visible church there's a mixture of good and bad individuals, and sometimes those who are morally flawed hold positions of authority in delivering the word and administrating the sacraments, it is important to recognize that they do so not in their own name, but in the name of Jesus Christ. They minister under his commission and authority. Therefore, we can still benefit from the ministry of the sacraments uh, to listening of the word and partaking in the sacraments. And this next bit for me is important. The effectiveness of Christ's ordinances isn't distinguished by the wrongdoing, and the grace of God's gift isn't lessened by those who in faith and rightly receive the sacrament from them and it goes on to say this essentially the argument is this if a priest gives communion and then it turns out that that priest is say having an affair the priest is a heavy drinker the priest is watching porn uh, the priest has skimmed off some of the money from the offering uh, no matter what that priest has done the communion that they have given is not diminished because of them because the sacrament the sacred thing is coming from Jesus through them they're nothing but a drain pipe and the drain pipe ain't going to contaminate what Jesus is doing because Jesus is far too powerful so he says here these sacraments are effective because they are established by Christ's institution and promise even when administered administered by morally flawed individuals i love this okay so it does not matter who has preached it does not matter uh, what they have done or said because what jesus has done when mike pilavacci for example called down the work of the holy spirit holy spirit would you come and the spirit came and the spirit moved and the spirit healed and the spirit spoke the spirit challenged and the spirit equipped people were called in that place i have so many friends who were from soul survivor who were called into ministry um when the spirit is called and people responding to jesus the fact that the person calling the spirit down is broken does not change the fact that jesus is on the move so these sacraments are effective because they are established by jesus christ's institution and promise even when administered by morally flawed individuals and this is kind of what i come down to it doesn't matter who the individual is when the spirit is called when the gospel is preached it's jesus that is present and jesus stands above and beyond any morally flawed a uh, spiritually flawed leader and i think this is really important if you have been uh, awakened to Jesus through the teachings of somebody like Jean Vanier, who I absolutely loved, and then you find out that that leader has done something despicable, that teaching that moved you, it moved you because of Jesus. It moved you because of the Spirit. And they were nothing but the drain pipe of which you were able to receive that thing. Therefore... If you went to Soul Survivor and if you heard God speak and that speaking changed you, shaped you, formed you, healed you, restored you, moved you, Mike was nothing but the drain pipe. Jesus was still glorious and still powerful. And I think that is where we have to come down to. 
So do not let your faith be shaken by the fall of any other church leader. Your faith formed around Jesus Christ, um, is Spirit speaking to you um, through that individual, but it's Jesus who's speaking. Hold on to that. So if you are finding yourself just shaken, I don't know what to believe anymore because this person I looked up to has fallen from faith. Look, they are human beings. Jesus is glorious. Hold on to Jesus and know that whatever you encountered of him in that teaching, that, that moment, that worship, it was because Jesus is good and not the individual that called his presence down. So that's where I get to. That's Article 26 of um, the Articles of Religion in the Anglican Church. And I think it's really important. It means that those of us like me that are broken leaders who we are just doing our best because um, if Jesus doesn't show up, we've got not much more to offer. You know, we are nothing but vessels for him. Those of us like me who, who know we're not perfect, who don't put ourselves up to be perfect, we hold on to this. Hey, the goodness of God is good no matter what's going on with me. Jesus is good. So hold on to that. The validity of the message and the validity of that move of the Spirit is not determined by the priest, the individual, the person who has delivered it or called it down. So a few little other thoughts on this. Friends, our faith really must be rooted in the teachings of the Bible and in the life of Jesus Christ. Uh, we we have to move away from idol worship where we idolize church leaders. We think they're amazing. Oh, be like no, we want to be like Jesus, not another human church leader. So our faith must be rooted in the teachings of the Bible and the life of Jesus Christ. And uh, it's in Hebrews. Um, and I forget now where this is. I, um, you Google it. If you remember that. but it says it says this in Hebrews that um, we need to look to Jesus the founder and the perfecter of our faith uh, uh, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross uh, despising the shame and he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God so in Hebrews Paul says look to Jesus keep your eyes on Jesus he's the founder he's the perfecter he's the uh, the foundation that we now stand don't worry about other human beings. Don't look at what other human beings are up to. Focus on Jesus. Focus on him. What's gone on with Mike is uh, concerning, worrying. There's a lot of people that are going to need time to heal. There's a whole church community that needs time to heal. Um, but actually, we stand with Jesus. We stand with Jesus' mission and Jesus' ministry. And Jesus will not let us down, even though human beings will. Therefore, we have to acknowledge that we are all human and we are all sinful. And, you know, Jesus says, the one that is without sin cast the first stone. The reason I didn't want to comment, um, other than what we put out from Spring Harvest, about, you know, if you've experienced any uh, form of abuse, uh, then, you know, to contact the appropriate people. Apart from that, I didn't want to say anything because... Uh, those that have that, those that know that there are sinners don't want to throw stones i'm like i don't want to go start throwing stones at mike gosh i don't want to do that because one day those stones may be thrown at me uh thrown back at me and i hope that people will uh love me and care for me and support me in, in my failings and shortcomings uh, i am not perfect as a leader 
and I I want to do the best I can I want to love people the best I can I, I want to be uh, careful with my leadership but recognize that there are times when you do end up hurting people by accident and stones are going to be thrown at you and I I want to be a leader that does not go around throwing stones um, because I know that I'm as broken as the next person so we need to acknowledge that all human beings are sinful we are all broken and church leaders are imperfect and we are prone to make mistakes in fact the evil one loves to prowl around us and i know this you know the evil one wants to trip us up because if he can trip me up it can affect all those that i'm leading because they themselves go oh my gosh well if he can't do it i can't do it no we can't do it friends that's why we need jesus uh, so as disciples of jesus we keep being disciples of jesus we are not disciples Mike Pilavacci, Mark Driscoll, Ravi Zachariah, Jean Vanier, or anybody else you want to put into that into that box. So we need to acknowledge that we're all human and we are all sinful. Which does mean, friends, we need to make sure that we have accountability and there is repentance. Accountability for the church, which does mean when things come to light, we need to hold people accountable and hold the church accountable, which means we need to be able to appropriately look at what has happened and ask the question what do we need to do about this what does justice look like but recognizing that we are a church riddled with the grace of jesus christ therefore there needs to be accountability and there needs to be repentance there needs to be a place where people can ask for forgiveness for what they have done and what i've been quite concerned about is people seeking out is Mike Pilavachi going to make a public statement of repentance friends I think Mike needs to do a lot of repentance to people one-on-one -on -one. I think there needs to be a lot of one-on-one -on -one across a coffee table across a dinner table where things are processed and everything does not need to be in the public uh, and that's not about closing things down or stopping people from talking it's simply saying actually friends we all don't need to know the dirt. We all don't need to revel in what's going on and what's he going to what's he going to ask for repentance for? No, friends, those things need to be done between those that were hurt and those the, the one that has been doing the hurting. Uh, so, can we stop wanting to uh, have uh, public uh, assassinations as well as public statements of repentance? Although there is a place for that. There needs to be the one-on-one -on -one, um, repentance and friends that need to be restored. And actually, with the Mike thing, what breaks my heart is it is it is friends that um, friends of Mike that have been hurt, and therefore that needs to be sought out uh, behind closed doors. You know, things need to be dealt with and worked through behind closed doors. They don't need to be all be in public. And the other thing is, we, you know, we, within this accountability and repentance, I, you know, I want to underline this. We need to make sure that we are loving well those that are victims. We need to make sure that we're loving well the victims. And, and therefore, and therefore, I want to just uh, say this, that um, those that are involved around any church situation where the leader has failed, uh, people are good and those around those individuals may be dragged into the mess but we're talking about human beings here who are also hurt and they are hurting and they are grieving uh, and so we want to go chasing after those that work around those individuals actually some of these guys they didn't see this coming 
for various reasons they didn't see this coming those that worked with Van, John Vanier some of these guys did not see this coming those that worked with Ravi Zachariah some of these did not see this coming and they are hurting and they are grieving and they need care some of these guys are people who have been manipulated themselves and they didn't see it uh, so don't chase after them to crucify them they are working through this as as well and we need to recognize particularly with the mike pilavachi situation here there is a church called soul survivor uh, watford and it's filled full of amazing people who love jesus who just want to see watford transformed and they themselves as a church need us to support them as they heal as they work this out together what they don't need is is more twitter more statements more comments the church are people here who are a family and they are hurting right now they need us to rally around them and to care for them so i have a number of friends who are at watford and being able to just have little conversations with them and say look this is a terrible time for you guys we absolutely love you just know we are praying for you and if there's anything we can do just let us know but we you know we're for you as a church community they need that what they don't need is more twitter comments and facebook comments and people just tapping away on the on the on the keyboards and that applies to any situation with any church and any church leader we have to be really careful there is a difference here between bringing things into the light and and now just reveling in what's been brought to the light because there are people involved here who are lovely godly amazing people who did not see something coming or now are realizing what was there and are feeling foolish of just feeling like oh my gosh how did we not how did we miss this um they need us to love them not to criticize more challenge more point the finger more so friends what do we do when influential church leaders fail well one whatever ministry they've had remember that ministry is jesus's ministry they are the drain pipe whatever they've done does not discredit what god has done through them in the past god uses broken vessels the other thing i've been talking about here is this is around the, the biblical understanding um that our faith must be rooted in jesus and in scripture not in human beings uh, our firm foundation is jesus and jesus alone and we need to look to jesus the founder and the perfecter of our faith we have to friends acknowledge that human beings are sinful and shameful and we do stupid things and i don't believe we do stupid things because we're evil we do stupid things because we're stupid and we realize what we've done and go why have i done i cannot believe i've done this i've let myself down i've let others down so we need to acknowledge our humanness we are all human so let's not cast the first stone unless you know yourself there isn't an issue of sin in your own life so let's be careful with that we have to believe in accountability holding people accountable but we also have to believe in repentance and uh, we don't need that repentance to be all in the public square we need to allow these things to happen uh, where it's appropriate to happen so we mustn't be people who revel in and looking for you know what they're going to say what they're going to say hey gang let's allow people the space to reconcile and recon you know reconnect over these things now it doesn't always happen and obviously dot 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 sometimes people can't 
see what they've done is is wrong there is a bigger issue there as well but we we need to make sure that we what can we change what can we deal with i can't deal with what they're going to do the, the perpetrator i can't deal with how i respond i can deal with how i respond and we need to make sure that we love the victims uh, of whatever situation uh, whatever church leaders failed so we need to make sure we love well and we listen well and we trust those that speak so there's a whole load of stuff there um what do i want to end by saying look i am trying to help us navigate what what happens when influential leaders fail how do we respond that's what i can change that's what i can deal with what are we looking for um in kind of dealing with this stuff and what does it mean when when they fail does it is everything get thrown out the window or is actually can we still appreciate the good thing that god has done through that person even though we now recognize that person is just as broken as i am you know there's a whole load of things there i've wanted to tread really carefully you know some of the things that you might have said you might not agree with so what i want to say is this look what i don't want to do is just cause more online splurging it's just not helpful it's not helpful for the non-christians it's not helpful for um i just think the whole public debate stuff isn't isn't particularly helpful uh if you would like to privately uh, dm me either through instagram i am on twitter uh, rabbi rogers instagram rabbi rogers i am on facebook i don't really use facebook much but if you private message me i will get that if you want to comment please 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 comment uh but I would say there, there is probably, if you have been a victim of any form of abuse from a church leader, you really need to speak to someone that can hold you and encourage you to take that to the appropriate places. I'm not going to be able to do that because I don't know your, your particular situation. Uh, but please do that because um, you don't know what others have experienced and how your voice may unlock something for someone else. Uh, or actually, um, it might it might turn out that um uh, that you are just one of a mountain of others and it's just building up a case uh, against somebody so you just never know so i only encourage you please do speak out if nothing else so that you can get the care and support and love that you might need so i'm just going to pray for us as we finish because this kind of stuff when it happens it can leave us going oh what's the future of the church the future of the church is jesus the future of the church is Jesus Christ who died and rose again for us. The future of the church is a church where God uses broken people like Peter, people like Paul who was Saul. God uses broken people like you and me. Um, and therefore, we, we just need to keep coming back to him. Uh, look to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. So let's just pray for that. Lord, this is all very difficult stuff. And it's terrible when things come into the light. But they need to be in the light. Lord, may we not idolise the wrong things. May we not idolise human beings. But may we look to you, the founder and perfecter of our faith. May we make you the centrepiece. So whatever happens around us and whoever falls, our faith is still built on a foundation that is unshakable. Unshakable. Um, so Lord, build us on that and nothing else. No, not on any human being, on any particular ministry on you and your kingdom uh, the name of jesus would we build our lives on him and on that name we pray amen friends love you grieve with you in this particular situation having worked for soul survivor harrow for five years having been to soul survivor for many years it, this is as painful for me as it is for um 
for many of us who know the situation. Uh, if you don't know the situation, then look, say, look, I would simply say, apply what I've talked about to whatever situation you're experiencing in your church, be it Hillsong in Australia or other things that happen in America that I'm not aware of, you know, apply it. Um, and may we be compassionate, loving and caring people. Um, may we not lend our voice to gossip, but may we lend our voice to building up the kingdom and pointing people to Jesus Christ. Anyway, got to get out of here. It's 40 minutes, way longer than we should. Bless you. Until next time, grace and peace. And uh, love you guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you.